0: Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Tribulation, in Summary, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Our episode last week, Tribulation, Count it All Joy When You Meet Trials of Various Kinds, Part 3, was posted on September 10th. Last week, we learned murmurings, complaining, or rebellion are not the good influences of faith proven. These attitudes expressed Obstruct the fair influences on the soul. These attitudes are not of patience. Remember that better patience is our goal. Patience, when we are suffering a trial or trials, is what moves us in a positive direction and in a growing way. However, murmurings, complaining, or rebellion move us away from our objective, which is to move closer to God, and find that joy Scripture says we are supposed to have. We should also make note of the fact, everyone who is afflicted should desire that the fair effects of affliction should be produced on his or her mind, if not the mind, then on the soul. It should produce, in his or her soul, precisely the results which his or her trials are adapted to accomplish. I personally think, too, in some limited cases, trials may well be aimed at both our minds and souls, which may make such a trial more properly a tribulation. No matter how this works, we should definitely note that every man or woman Who is afflicted should desire that the fair effects of affliction should be produced. In the usage of the word character, we are examining, it means simply moral strength, integrity. Even in the meaning of the word, we see nothing that would pertain to our. To find out more, Listen to our previous episode titled Tribulation Count It All Joy When You Meet Trials of Various Kinds, Part 3. This week, our study is titled Tribulation In Summary, Part 1, or In Review. This subject is very important because many people shun trials and tribulations, yet, trials and tribulations in this life are promised to us. That promise is in your Bible. We noted it also that temptations are not of God or by God. However, the word temptation can be mixed in documentation incorrectly. Still, temptations are used by the devil to tempt us to say, act, and or do things sinful. God does not tempt his people. That, too, is in your Bible. The devil tempts God's people and very sanctimoniously says it is being done by God. Now, it is our choice to believe his lie or not. First, in our first episode, we defined the words trial and tribulation. We will look at the English Dictionary For some insight. While this is not a proper view, it will help us better define both words. Remember, trials and temptations are two different things of which our Bibles clearly differentiate their meanings and use. The English dictionary meaning of trial is as follows A temptation test of virtue. From A Compendious Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster, 1806. Experience, suffering that puts strength, patience of faith to the test, afflictions or temptations that exercise and prove the graces or virtues of men, trial of cruel mocking and scourging, temptation, test of virtue. State of being tried. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. The act of testing by experience, proof, test. The state of being tried or tempted. Exposure to suffering that tests strength, patience, faith, or the like. Affliction or temptation that exercises and proves the graces or virtues of men, that which tries or afflicts, that which harasses, that which tries the character or principles, that which tempts to evil. From Webster's 1913 revised Unabridged Dictionary of the English Language. The act or process of testing, trying, or putting to the proof. Example? a trial of one's faith, a state of pain or anguish that tests patience, endurance, or belief. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Are these definitions how we define tribulation today? The Free Dictionary by Farlex has it most correctly. Yet, these definitions are of the word trial. Notice also, how that definition has changed over approximately 217 years each dictionary was is the authority of its published day if the word trial is so descriptive of what we today call tribulation is scripture simply using a more powerful word in some passages than others we should also note that the word temptation is used in these definitions. Yet, our Bible commentators tell us that God does not tempt His people. Our Bibles also say this as well. Let us answer our earlier question by looking at the definition of the word tribulation. Tribulation means distress, uneasiness, care, vexation. From... A Compendious Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster, 1806. Severe affliction, distresses of life, vexations. In Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. When tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, he is offended. From... Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. That which occasions distress, trouble, or vexation, severe affliction. From Noah Webster's 1913 Revised Unabridged Dictionary of the English Language. Great affliction, trial, or distress, suffering, an experience that tests one's endurance, patience, or faith, Grievous trouble, severe trial, or suffering, and affliction, trouble, or woe. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. Again, the Free Dictionary by Farlex has the most proper definition. Note the meaning of the word vexation. Irritation, annoyance. Notice also that vexation or vexations are used in defining tribulation only. Note this definition of irritation. A thorn in the flesh, a source of constant irritation, affliction, or inconvenience, a perpetual pain in the neck. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. The opening of that definition should remind you of Paul notice also this meaning of annoyance a person or thing that annoys nuisance from the free dictionary by farlex with regard to tribulation vexation seems more to the meaning of trial until we learn that a vexation or vexations are those irritations or annoyances that continue for a period of time so As we see here, vexation and severe vexation is the definition of tribulation. Notice what we just read. Severe affliction, distresses of life, vexations. From Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of American English. That definition also notes, in Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution as you can see there is a difference between the words trial and tribulation the good news is most often you can only experience one or the other you cannot experience both at the same time even if it sometimes feels that way meaning several trials together can be personally defined as a tribulation. We should also note that when one is plagued with only one or two minor issues, that is a trial. In our next episode, we learned, in these words, the Apostle lays down a forcible argument to persuade Christians to bear sufferings and persecutions with invincible, Patience, drawn from the blessedness which attends such a condition. Blessed is the man that endures temptations. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. Notice this first portion of that comment by William Burkett. In these words, the apostle lays down a forcible argument to persuade Christians to bear sufferings and persecutions with invincible patience. Comma. We could also read that this way. In these words, the apostle lays down a forcible argument to persuade Christians to bear trials and tribulations with in vincible patience now remember the meaning of the word trials suffering that puts strength patience of faith to the test notice further in these words the apostle lays down a forcible argument to persuade christians to bear sufferings or trials Remember the meaning of the word tribulation. In Scripture, it often denotes the troubles and distresses which proceed from persecution. Hopefully, it can be seen that sufferings and trials are the same thing. Also, persecutions and tribulations are the same thing. This definition recognition we are making is to remove much of the confusion that can be found in many American church teachings and settings. I assume also, if this confusion is so great here, it has to be elsewhere in the world as well. Next, we examined the last verse in 13 verses, teaching, learning from Israel's failures. That verse reads, No temptation has taken you except that which is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. From the World English Bible. Notice how this well-known scripture passage is talking about temptation. No trials, not tribulations, of which both are appointed by God. We have learned already in this series that temptations come from the devil. Like Job, God allows him access to tempt us in this life. Many people over the years that I have seen saved in Christ have read only this portion of the verse I just quoted. But will with the temptation also make the way of escape? Like God has some kind of a trap door out of the temptation. Many teach that in our temptation that based on this first segment, a person will have a way of escape from a temptation. Yet, no one knows what that escape is. That escape has no definition, no explanation, and no apparent promise stated in our Bibles. Therefore, my question is, just what does that verse segment mean? I ask that question because no one knows what the way of escape is. Some believe the way of escape is different for each temptation. However, we should note, but God is faithful. This was the only source of security, and this was enough. If they looked only to themselves, they would fall. If they depended on the faithfulness of God, they would be. Secure. The sense is not that God would keep them without any effort of their own, not that He would secure them if they plunged into temptation, but that if they used the proper means, if they resisted temptation and sought His aid and depended on His promises, then He would be faithful. This is everywhere implied in the Scriptures and to depend on the faithfulness of God. From Barnes' New Testament notes. Notice this opening comment that should put it all in clear view now. For as he, by his permission, makes way for the temptations or afflictions which otherwise could not come. Can you see how temptation or affliction cannot just randomly, even haphazardly, come upon God's people? Temptations or afflictions only come by God's permission. You cannot suffer anything without God's permission for it to come upon you. Yet. So many people ask this question, why is God allowing me to suffer this way? The wording may change slightly, person to person, but that is the main thrust of what the question is asking. Now, notice further. God's attention to His people saved through Christ. We are, quote, kept, unquote, or preserved, in the faith and hope of the gospel, who are preserved from apostasy, or so kept that you will finally obtain salvation. Really? We will finally obtain salvation? What is up with that? This seems to imply I may not be saved or fully saved, at the very least. We need to dig deeper. It means to keep, as in a garrison or fortress, or as with a military watch. The idea is that there was a faithful guardianship exercised over them to save them from danger, as a castle or garrison is watched to guard it against the approach of an enemy. From Barnes New Testament Notes. This may answer why the devil needs to ask God for permission to cause us strife in our lives by causing us temptation. We are protected from these actions, dangers, as us being kept in a castle or garrison that is watched to guard against our enemy, the devil. However, we have already learned that despite this protection, we still will suffer temptations, trials, and tribulations. We are weak in ourselves and are surrounded by temptations. The only reason why we are preserved is that God exerts his power to keep us. That is why there is an escape to the temptations that we studied in our previous episode. We escape what would be a terrible end to them, even though we will go through the totality of any temptation, trial, or tribulation. We do that to God's glory. This is scripturally explained in this commentary scripture reference verse. For I am sure of this very thing, that the one who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. From Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. That work of perfection is wrought through the temptations, trials, and tribulations we are subject to in our daily lives. However, when in this life Do we not suffer persecutions and heavy calamities or persecutions and tribulation? Unfortunately, it does happen. You just have to take a look at the news these days. It also happens more frequently than anyone I know prefers. What is troubling is how such people are counseled to deal with such issues in their life. There are many times people are told to bear with it. It will get better. No offers of someone being willing to pray with such a person to ask God for what is needed to deal with a particular persecution and or heavy calamity or tribulation. Even a trial of some duration that is wearing on a person. Such people that I have known without prayer and or counsel frequently fail fall and then become inward focused on how they have hurt god such people grow in the belief they cannot get back into god's grace and mercy through forgiveness as promised in scripture so more frequently than not such people wallow in their sadness believing God cannot or will not forgive them. However, Scripture speaks loudly against this despite what people feel and think in just such a situation. This can many times be avoided altogether if proper counsel and ministry were offered to a person before such issues gained a foothold through more temptations. Notice how others in the past understood their salvation. The prospect which they had of the future inheritance was to them a source of the highest joy even in the midst of their many sufferings and trials. Is our future inheritance the source of our highest joy? Does that joy sustain us in the midst of many sufferings and trials? Every one of us needs to answer these two questions for ourselves. Notice what just hope did for them. The hope which they had of their future inheritance enabled them to rejoice even in the midst of persecutions and trials. What is so special about our inheritance that it enabled others before us to rejoice even in the midst of persecutions and trials? Today, I know of no one where I live that rejoices in the midst of persecutions and trials. Such issues are burdensome to all those I know. Inquiry of many people suffering persecutions and trials and telling them to rejoice in the knowledge of their inheritance only incites their anger. They also tell you that you do not understand even at all what they are going through because you have no empathy for them in their misery. The real question is, Why does our situation so powerfully dictate our well being in Christ? What are we missing today that our brothers and sisters of years ago had in them so they could rejoice even in the midst of persecutions and trials? This is the primary question we all need to ask ourselves. In our episode titled, Tribulation, The Goal of Your Faith, Part 3, we continued our look into the goal of our faith, stating in verse 7, our scripture read, such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold, gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away. And will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You have not seen him, but you love him. You do not see him now, but you believe in him. And so you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy because you are attaining the goal of your faith the salvation of your souls. From 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. That week, we continued in verse 7. For clarity, it reads, Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold. Gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away, and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. This verse has a lot to look at that should now bring greater calamity on the study subject. Let us start to examine the first portion of this passage that the trial of your faith, this is the principal end which God has in afflictive providences, to try the faith of his people. So the faith of Abraham, Job, Habakkuk, and others have been tried, being much more precious than of gold that perishes. The grace of faith is much more precious than gold, since that perishes by using but faith does not and since it is so valuable as not to be obtained by it and since those that have it though poor in this world are rich and heirs of a kingdom but the trying of it is abundantly more precious than gold For not only as gold being tried in the fire is purged from its dross and is proved to be genuine and shines the brighter, so faith being tried in the fire of afflictions is purged from unbelief and the believer is purged from his dross and tin and his iniquity is purged, and the fruit of all is to take away sin, and he is tried and proved to be a true believer, and his faith shines the more illustriously, as in the above instances. Yes, the very trying of it has an influence on other graces. For great usefulnesses For the trying of faith works patience, and that experience, and that hope. From the New John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible. What I hope you understand at this point is that this comparison to gold is just that, a comparison, a sort of parable on the fly, or in the moment, as it were it is drawing a conclusion about our faith. The fire that heats the gold, that gets it so hot it separates the impurities therein, is an analogy to our life in Christ. Our salvation in Him is the gold. The impurities are akin to our spiritual impurities. In other words, those things of the flesh. Things of the flesh are impure and need to be separated from that which, in our lives, is pure. Our passions and pride are in part the cause of conflict in any Christian's life. Passions and pride also make the most out of keeping us on the wrong side of God. Verse 6 points out, but. He gives more grace, so that the writings say, God is against the men of pride, but he gives grace to those who make themselves low before him. From James chapter 4, verse 6, in the Bible of Basic English, 1949-1964 but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. From James chapter 4, verse 6 in the New English Translation Bible. Both verses say the same thing a bit differently. Notice, God is against the men of pride, or God opposes the proud. Either way you read that, it clearly is not a good place to be. However, our study verse tells us how to fix this. It reads, For this cause be ruled by God, but make war on the evil one, and he will be put to flight before you. From James chapter 4 verse 7, from the Bible in basic English, 1949-1964. William Burkett told us, Satan is both a conquered enemy and a cowardly enemy with a faint heart. This is what we need to fully realize and understand. Most of all, he is already conquered, defeated, fully overcome. I have observed that it is fully easy to not know or even think that this is true. Despite he is already conquered, despite he is already defeated, despite he is fully overcome, he can still make a strong impression on us when he tempts us. We also need to fully realize that temptation is all he needs to work with. It is us who give in to temptations, which now become a trial, or worse, a tribulation. Trials and tribulations are not really in his toolbox, the devil, to work with unless, as with Job, God makes it so for a time. As it can be seen with Job, Satan needs to ask God to even try us and, in Job's case, to try him. Satan was told by God that he could only do certain things to Job, and there was also at least one thing God said he could not touch. In practical daily life, whenever a disaster occurs, people do not simply walk away to safety. They flee to safety. Remember, the Christian's duty is discovered, quote This means that it is something we learn as we grow in Christ. In that discovery, we learn more about not yielding to being resistant and opposing the evil one. We are taken captive by him if we do not resist him. Notice, too, quote, we will never get rid of him end quote, otherwise. Remember Scripture? If we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Remember, too, when even the devil flees, he does not simply and casually walk away. No, the Bible tells us the devil flees. Next week we will present Part 2, the final part of our last episode in our summer series. Our episode is titled, Tribulation, in Summary, Part 2. What did we learn in this summer series? Have we learned anything of the positive influences of trials and tribulations in our lives? To find out more, join us next week as we continue. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. T-T-P-S colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot O-R-G. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen or spaces in unchurched. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, east coast time usa these sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh our rss feed is syndicated on many popular podcast rss feed platforms find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow now to him who is able to strengthen you to the only wise god through Jesus Christ be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.